Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word. It's so good to be with you today. And uh, you're going to want to get out your notebook because we're going to talk about today moving from vision to fruit. How do I produce uh, fruit from the vision God's given me? And if you've seen the thumbnail, not that vision, but he's representative of God-given vision. Amen. Uh, that is not a reference to Tony Stark, if you understand what I'm saying. All right. How do we move from vision to fruit? We're going to jump in. I'm going to give you nine steps to move from vision to fruit. How do you get a reality of that vision and fruit to manifest? All this week we've been talking about vision, thinking big, uh, grabbing a hold of what the Lord has for you. And uh, today we're going to talk about how do I get it into reality. And I'm going to give you, at, right at the beginning, multiple uh, probably things you're going to want to quote and put in the comments right now. I just want you to like, subscribe, share the broadcast. This is going to help a lot of people. And write in the comments where you're watching from, who you are. I want to say hello to you. And uh, we just welcome everybody to What's the Word uh, today on Lunch Plus? From Vision to Fruit. All right, listen to this first quote. Warren Bennis, leadership is the capacity to translate vision into reality. Leadership is the capacity to translate vision into reality. So true leadership is going to be bringing about God-given vision. It's going to be taking vision and turning it into fruit. Uh, Jeremiah 29, uh, 11 says this, and it's kind of paraphrased here, but God says, I have plans for you. That, those plans, that's vision. God says, I have vision for you, plans to prosper you and give you hope for the future. So I want you to hear that. God has a vision for you. God has a destiny for you. Glory to God. Now let's look at this. Jeremiah 1, 5. Uh, God said, these are things God said, before you were born, I knew you and had holy plans for you. Before you were born, I knew you and had holy plans for you. Joshua 1.8, God told Joshua he could be prosperous and have good success. In other words, God had a vision that Joshua was going to fulfill as Joshua moved in God's ways. There's vision. God has vision. Put it in the comments right now. God has vision for me. Amen. God has vision for me. Amen. Not just for Wanda. All right. G uh, look at this. Jesus said, some things are impossible for man. But all things are possible with God. So if he has vision, he has the ability to bring it about, no matter how impossible it looks. God has vision for you. Amen. I wrote this down. Uh, don't settle for where you are or for the way things are. If Jesus is your Lord, then you are destined for greater things. Hear that. Don't settle for where you are or for the way things are. If Jesus is your Lord, then you are destined for greater things. You are destined for awesome things. And so all this past week, we've been talking about leadership. We've been talking about vision, increase. Uh, we're talking about, you know, increase. We're talking about getting uh, a bigger vision than we've ever had before. We've got to recognize that God wants to increase us for his glory. Go back. If you haven't, 
If you haven't heard the last few weeks, you need to hear them on vision. All right? Watch this, though. Uh, I said, don't settle for the way things are or how they've been. If Jesus is your Lord, you're destined for greater things. Watch this. Here's another statement. Don't let hurt or unmet expectations keep you from your destiny. Mm. Hear that again. Don't let hurt or unmet expectations keep you from your destiny. Many times you will face a place where what you thought was going to happen probably didn't happen. You're going to find places where what you thought people were going to do and everybody was going to be nice and you got hurt. Don't ever let hurt or unmet expectations keep you from your destiny. Amen. It's so important. Many times people say, well, I just don't want to get hurt again. Uh, well, listen, if you're around people, you're probably going to get hurt by them. But it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. Make Jesus the source of your joy and your peace, because if he's the source, nobody can ever take it from you, right? You can go right through hurt, and you'll come out fine. Don't let hurt or unmet expectations steal your destiny. All right. Watch this. Almost any big vision, any big vision almost always starts with small beginnings. And that's okay. That's okay. Many people, they, it's like they want to, yeah, I, I said this recently, you know, all right, I want to believe God for a Lamborghini. And uh, okay, a Lamborghini, what's a Lamborghini cost? Two or three hundred, four hundred thousand right now. Okay. Uh, maybe there's one for a hundred thousand. But have you ever believed God for a a car. <laughs> like, in other words, how about let's just believe God for a car and let's move our faith up from faith to faith is a Bible way. From faith to faith, always growing from glory to glory. Let's believe on what the Lord has told you. Many times I think it's important, I was telling, uh, I think it's important that we start where the Lord tells us to start, not where, where we think we should start. Our thoughts are different from God's thoughts. Have we heard from the Lord what to believe for? So, for example, uh, did he actually say a Lamborghini, or is that just what your soul wants? That's just what your you know, will and emotions want, right? That's just what you thought. But the Lord didn't say it. Then there's no promise that provision is just in what you think. He'll give you the desires of your heart, but your heart's supposed to be connected to Him. In other words, it's His heart that He's given you, and He knows you better than you. Let's hear from Him and be obedient to that. So now, in, as we're looking at this, right, one of the things that we want to do is make sure that we've heard from the Lord. And sometimes the beginning of that vision is a small beginning, and that's okay. Don't, don't uh, feel bad because you're starting at a low place. You know, what we're sitting in now in this studio, this building, you know, this land that we have, uh, all of this started in a living room, in a living room right? Peter's ministry started in a fishing boat with an empty net. Hear that. Peter's ministry started in a fishing boat with an empty net. Do you understand that? It's one of those things where we have to realize, don't despise small beginnings. And that's, you know, uh, Zechariah 4.10. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord rejoices, just start. 
Start where you are. Start with what you have. Give God what's in your hand. Let him multiply it by an unlimited God factor, and, and he can take it to great and mighty things and do exploits through you. So a lot of big vision starts at small beginnings, and that's okay. That's all right. Now, we're not content to stay there, but we are okay with beginning there. And the Lord says, don't despise that. Don't despise that. All right? So it, here's the thing. If we despise small beginnings, we'll never accomplish and bring our vision into fruit. We'll never bring fruit if we despise small, small beginnings. You know, um, many times, you know, things that we've had in our lives, you know, uh, they started small. And I, would, I felt almost ashamed to start that small. You know, many times they won't, they won't give an offering because they think that offering's too small. You know the offerings that will bless me the best is somebody that's willing to say, I'm going to give a dollar today. Like, I don't have $100, but I have a dollar, right? That's what blessed Jesus as well. You know, and you got to understand, we need to believe God towards bigger things. But where you start at is okay. Just keep going. Just keep going forward. Amen. All right. Uh, the Lord said this to me at one point. I was heading to a place. It was like in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere. I was driving along, and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to this place. I'm really excited about it, but, man, this is like a small town. There's nothing here. I was driving for hours, nothing around me. And uh, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me right in that moment. He said, I like to do big things in small places. And I thought, oh, that's the truth. Think of Nazareth. Nazareth was a small place, and look what he did. Bethlehem was a small place, but look what he did. He likes to do big things in small places. And he likes to do big things, you know, in big places as well. But he doesn't mind the small beginnings, and we shouldn't despise them either. And then this is a great uh, quote from Alvin Toffler. Uh, and a lot of these uh, things that I just gave you, some of them were from me, some of them were from Pastor J.B. Whitfield, uh, who I heard talking about vision. Uh, but here's a great quote. You've got to think about big things while you're doing small things so that all the small things go in the right direction. You've got to think about big things while you're doing small things so that all the small things go in the right direction. In other words, if you don't have a bigger picture of what you're doing, uh, then you will, your small things will end small. We've got to grab a hold of vision. Now, how would you apply that? Like yesterday, Buddy had a question. How about, I'm not in the leadership position. How do, I, how do I do that correctly when I don't have the position yet? Many times people will grab, here, here's where the issue is, and here's where the disconnect is. Somebody, one person, has their own vision for their life and their own destiny, but they don't have the position yet. They don't have the position where they're growing to, okay? And so all they're doing, they keep looking at them. The issue is that one person should be involved in a big vision, Okay? They should be planted in a church. They should be given to a ministry. And they have to see that what I'm doing here is not the fulfillment. Where I'm planted is my vision. In other words, the vision for me is what I'm planted into. 
Uh, you know, we've got people here that never will get on a platform and never be called into fivefold ministry at Boomerang Church. And yet, they are literally in the midst of a huge vision, a worldwide and international vision, and they'll never be seen on the platform. But does that make them a least amount of it? No. Every joint supplies. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, one, one joint can't say to the little toe, like, you're not worth anything. It gives us that concept. It, it can't say we don't need you. No, we need every joint, every person, no matter how small of a, a role that they fulfill, it's a part of a big vision. So many times somebody who's growing to other places and they don't feel like they have their position yet, don't understand that the position that they have right now is very, very important because it's a part of a bigger vision. You know, once you understand partnership in the Bible, one of the things that you will see is that you can be a part. I remember Brother Copeland uh, said, we're going to partner with Oral Roberts Ministry for $10 a month, I think it was. He said, we get to do what Oral Roberts does and partake of his grace for $10 a month. He got the idea of biblical partnership and biblical vision, and he understood that his $10 put him in the same field that Oral Roberts was in to have that harvest. That's what made him a great minister for all of his life, now been doing ministry with some of the biggest vision in the world, was he understood partnership, even though, let's say Oral Roberts, I don't know what his budget was at that moment, but let's say Oral Roberts' budget was a million dollars a year. Even though Brother Copeland was $10 a month or $120 a year, if you looked at the percentage of the million dollars, it'd almost be unseen. But Brother Copeland saw the importance of partnership, some of the rules and laws of biblical partnership, and said, I recognize that we attach ourselves to that same grace, and we are responsible for the fruit like he is just for this partnership. That's why, that's why God wants us to partner with ministries in this way. Well, apply that to somebody who's doing what some would say, that's a little thing. It's not a little thing. You are a part of a huge vision. Even if you if you partner with us at What's Right, you know, if you partner with us, you are actually a part of a huge vision, a vision that's training up soul winners and disciples all around the world, a vision that's getting you know the life of God into many people all over the world in Africa, Gabon, Nigeria, Mexico, uh, in, in the Philippines, all of these places we go on a regular basis and in the United States. And so the Lord is doing great and mighty things all over the world just through this ministry. And when you sow, you're partnering with that. It is no small thing. Uh, what I want to get, I don't want to move over into partnership, but in, when you understand partnership, you start to understand you're a part of a bigger vision just by being connected as a partner of a ministry. And that vision is huge. That's a big vision. So a lot of times people feel like they're not doing anything. But if they've been obedient to partner where God has told them to partner, they are doing great and mighty things. Not only that, but this ministry partners with other huge ministries around the world. It puts you in that same grouping and puts you in that same vision. It's a big deal. Partnership is a big deal. And vision is a very, very big deal. Amen. All right, now... Let's jump in to, so let me go back to that statement. 
You've got to think about big things while you're doing small things so that all the small things go in the right direction. So think about this. If somebody, let's say that somebody is cleaning the church uh, for an event like Kickstart that we just had, or in, uh, in a little bit over a month, uh, in a little bit over, over a month, we're going to have another huge uh, meeting with evangelist Ankit Rambabu. And uh, he's going to be here in April, and it's going to be a huge healing and uh, demonstration of the power of God and breakthrough. It's going to be awesome. Healings, miracles, and I'm looking forward to it. The Lord really moves through Ankit, and I'm excited to have him. That's going to be in April. So you can get ready for that. Come and join us. But here's what I want to show you. Let's say that during that period of time, right? Let's say that during that period of time, you've got somebody who's here during the day, there's none of the crowd here, and they're just sweeping up the floor, right? And they're thinking, well, this is nothing really. Do you understand? That is everything. It is everything. You are part. If they look at what they're doing as just a small sweeping, and they don't see how it ties into the bigger vision, they won't take care of that uh, responsibility on the level for it to grow. See, if somebody's sitting there sweeping the floor, I want them to be believing God. Look, Lord, this is going to present this place in excellence so that they will receive the word in excellence. And when they receive the word in excellence, they will get healed and have miracles with excellence. Their lives will change. And sweeping this floor is a big deal. And Lord, we're believing God for even more people that will be able to help clean, that will be able to help direct, that will be able to help part. Uh, cars that will be able uh, to help minister the word. Lord, as I do this, I realize I'm a part of a much bigger thing. And now they will do their responsibility and fulfill their vision on a bigger level, not just a small level. Let me read this again. Alvin Toffler. You've got to think about big things while you're doing small things so that all the small things go in the right direction. Hallelujah. Amen. Does that help you? Now, let's look at this, and this is nine steps to turn vision into fruit. Nine steps to turn vision into fruit. This first one is one we've been talking about uh, for you know, the last few weeks. Everything has come together. It's funneled into this moment. Now we're taking this uh, vision and big vision. We're turning it into a reality, manifesting it into fruit. And the first step is you must believe to receive a big vision. You must believe to receive a big vision. One of the scriptures that we've looked at is uh, in Genesis 13 where Abraham, the Lord tells Abraham, look to the north, south, east, and west as far as your eye can see, everything that you have is yours. We must stretch our eyes of faith, and if we can see it, we can have it. We must believe that God doesn't want to just give us a small vision, but a big supernatural vision, Ephesians 3.20, beyond all, uh, far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. Believe, and then that you have received a big vision. This is step one. If you're going to turn it into fruit, then you've got to turn it into fruit that God likes. You've got to believe God for a big vision. And so I tell you in that, two parts of believing to receive a big vision, stretch your eyes and 
if it's not bigger than you, it's not God. If the vision that God's put you in, either in a ministry or to you personally, if it's not bigger than you, it's not God. Now, let me show you something. God will give you a vision individually, but we've talked about this all, all week. He gives a vision to a man or a woman, to a person of God, and then he draws a team to that person. Okay, that's, that's the way God's done it all throughout the Bible. And then if there is an individual vision uh, to be given out to another person, it comes through that planting. So one of the things that's important for us to see and grab a hold of is the vision that you have for your life should be, individually, should be how you're fulfilling the vision of where you're planted. Okay? The vision individually that you have for your life should be the vision of where you're planted. Okay? So like in, to give you an example, in Boomerang Church, God's given me a vision, right? Now, the only, only time that changed, that's going to be for the majority of people for the majority of their life. The only time that changed is when God gives you your own ministry, but that should only happen as an impartation where you have submitted yourself to somebody else's vision. We see that in Luke chapter 16, and, and basically there in Luke 16 it says, how can I give you your own if you've not handled well what is in others? Okay? So God's plan to get vision into you and to give you your own vision is for you to handle somebody else's vision well. Okay? This is something that's so very important. So let me give you an example of that. So let's say Barrett, you know, Barrett's sitting here in the room. And uh, I have a vision that God's given me for Boomerang Church International, Inc. I have a vision for it. I have a vision for that ministry. It's a big vision. It's a lot bigger than even what I've spoken with my mouth. I would say everybody even sitting in this room has no idea what the fullness of that vision is because the Lord hasn't given me leeway to release it all yet. But it's a big vision. I've released parts of it and most of it, but not all of it. All right, now... Uh, what I want you to see, now Barrett is sitting in this room. Barrett has giftings. Barrett has callings of God. But do you understand that at this point, she should have no vision individually except for what is my vision to help fulfill the vision that I'm planted in? In other words, her vision should be a part or a wedge of the bigger vision. And anybody planted in boomerang should be the same. That's what uh, Jesus tells us and teaches us when he says, how can a grain of wheat produce fruit unless it falls to the ground and dies? It dies to its own personal kingdom and personal vision, and it gives itself to a larger vision. Then we handle that vision well. And then you see in Psalm 92, 13 and 14, that when we're planted, Planted properly means death to our own ways and death to our own vision and given to the field's vision, right? And if when we're planted, we'll flourish in the kingdom of God. Look at Elijah and Elisha. Look at Peter and Jesus. Peter had a vision to be a fisherman. He put, he put that vision to death to follow Jesus. Uh, Paul had a vision of being probably the high priest. He put that vision to death to follow the man he met on the Damascus road. 
and he became the great Apostle Paul. We have to put to death our own vision and let the Lord establish it. Understand that even Paul didn't have his own vision until Acts 13. He had already been a teacher. The Bible shows us he was in the office of a teacher. He was operating, teaching, winning souls, making disciples. He was obedient with what God had given him where he had placed him. And then all of a sudden in Acts 13, they're meeting with the elders and God ordains him to be an apostle. This is, it's very important for us to see that. This is God's way. And why would I want to start any vision outside of God's way? Truly, any vision started outside of God's way is going to be a counterfeit vision. So, we must believe to receive a big vision. Stretch your eyes. And if it, the vision is not bigger than you, then it's not God. But many people think, well, then I need to get my own personal vision. No, you need to get your personal vision inside of a big vision where God has planted you. That's your vision. If you're planted, you get your own vision inside of that big vision. And now you're doing it God's way, and he can cultivate you, grow you. And if he wants to give you another vision you know, for your own ministry, that's where it will come out of. So, amen. Barrett put it in the comments. Why would I want to start any vision outside of God's way? Exactly. But here's the thing. Many people don't know that that's God's way because they've not been taught that. And so the key is, all right, well, I don't know if I trust my leaders. Then that's something you need to address. If you don't trust your leaders, then you definitely are either in the wrong place or there's some things you need to get worked out about submission and authority or a little bit of both. Okay. So step one, believe to receive a big vision. And that vision needs to be bigger than you or it's not of, of the Lord. Amen. Barrett said, I've been there, tried that. It almost destroyed me. In Jesus' name, never again. The second step to turn vision into fruit is do a walkabout. <laughs> do a walkabout. Remember in, in Genesis 13... God says, you can have everything you see. And then he says, now go walk around that vision. Now, how do we, how do we step in and do a walkabout of our big vision that God's given us? You know, you can physically walk the land if there's a physical part of that vision. But the best way to do that is to pray it out. Pray in the Holy Ghost praying out the mysteries of God. And the Bible teaches us that when we pray in the Spirit, we pray out the mysteries of God. In other words, there's pockets of that vision we'll never see or understand fully without praying it out by the Holy Spirit, praying out the mysteries, the things that we don't know to pray, the things uncovering the things we don't even know are there. You know, you walk about, if you can imagine walking about and, you know, the Lord, you're out there and the Lord says, turn over that leaf. And all of a sudden you turn over the leaf and there's a big old chunk of, you know, gold nuggets sitting there. Yeah, amen. Amen. And then all of a sudden that got somebody's attention. <laughs> you, you, he says, turn over that leaf. See, you start praying in the Holy Ghost, you start revealing treasure. 
You start revealing treasure in that vision. A lot of people, they, they, are, they hear the big vision, but they never pray it out. They never prepare the path. And so do a walkabout in that vision. Pray out that vision. Meditate on the vision that God's given you. Now, what that's going to mean for most people, and see, now you can have a vision, for example, in your, like if you own a company or in your job, I have a vision to, to grow to this level. But I want you to see something. The vision for your job and company comes again, comes up underneath the vision to expand the kingdom of the ministry you're in. God wants to bless you in your finances, in your job that you work each week so that you can be a blessing in the kingdom. It still comes up under that vision. You know, I'm looking for people that says, I see what the vision is, and I'm going to go after it with everything that I have, and I'm going to support it with my time, with my resources, with my finances. And that's how you come up, and it becomes bigger than you. But let's just say, like in your job, you know, when you do a walkabout, all right, Lord, how do you want me to uh, have success and prosper in my job? And you start praying that out, and then the Lord will give you, hey, this year, I, I want you to produce. Maybe last year you produced, uh, you know, a million dollars in sales. This year, I want you to produce 1.5 million in sales. Lord, that's a 50% increase. I know. I'm going to give it to you. Now you've heard the word from the Lord, and you can say, okay, I'm going to produce this. And then you start praying out. Every time you think about that year, you start praying. You think about 1.5 million. You might not be on track yet. You might be headed there. But you start praying in the Holy Ghost. And so you start praying out all of those details of things you don't even know. And then what will happen is the wisdom of God will come to you through that fellowship with him. You're praying out that vision. You're getting the mysteries handed to you. The Lord is not withholding any good wisdom to those who walk uprightly. We have to get to the place where we can hear from the Lord and see those details. All right, let's say you're in a church. What do I do? Okay, Lord, show me how to be the overseer of this ministry. Show me how to be, uh, you know, uh, the leader of the youth. Show me, Lord, how to sing better and lead people into worship better. Show me how to run this equipment better. In other words, you are fulfilling that vision. And, Lord, I know that if it's not bigger than me, then it's not of you. Lord, show me how to grow this section of ministry for my church, for the ministry that I'm planted. Show me how to do this. Show us how, Lord, we've got to have more people that know how to run the cameras, more people that know how to run the, the video switcher, more people that got to know how to do the audio. Lord, show me the details of it so I can now train people, duplicate myself, multiply myself, because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. The vision has to be bigger than you. And in order to get the vision bigger and see the details of it, you have to pray. You have to do a walkabout in that vision. Pray. Because if not, you'll just get stagnant. You'll just, you'll just keep doing things the same. And all of a sudden, whatever you're doing will level off. And you don't want that. All right. Do a walkabout. Pray out the mystery. Step three, be hungry and humble. Be hungry and humble in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. In James 4, 7, 1 Peter 5, uh, I think it's 5, 6, and 7, I believe it is. And um, what you see is that hunger will be filled. 
If you're not hungry for a big vision, and you're not hungry to fulfill a big vision, then you won't be full. You won't be made full. You have to be hungry for that big vision. You have to, you have to get hungry. And God says, if you'll get hungry, I'll fill you. Okay? Here's the other thing. I have to be humble. He says, if you get humble, I'll give you grace and greater grace. In other words, he'll give us a supernatural grace, a supernatural empowerment to fulfill a big vision. If that vision's bigger than you, you can't do it without grace. If that, big in, if that vision is bigger than you, right, you can't do it without being hungry and being filled by God. You must stay hungry and humble. And I want, you to show, I want to show you something. In Philippians chapter 2, it says that Jesus humbled himself even to the point of death or even in obedience to the point of death, right? His humility and his hunger to save the children of God was so much that his hunger couldn't, could not be not met by the Father. He said, Jesus, as my son, if you're hungry enough to go to the cross and die for my children, I can't not meet that hunger. If you're humble enough to put yourself, to leave the throne, to leave the deity of God, and to go and become formed in the fashion of a, of a, of a man, right, of corrupted man, and come down to that level. Although he wasn't corrupted, he came down to that level and took on corruption. If you are willing to be humble, I'm going to give you a grace and a greater grace to fulfill vision. In order to fulfill vision and bring it into fruit, we must be hungry and humble. All right? The fourth thing is confess. Confess. In Romans chapter 4, it says, uh, let, me, let me read this in, let me read it in the King James here. Romans chapter 4, and let's see here. Verse 17, Romans 4, 17 in the King James. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him, whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and God who calls those things which be not as though they were. In other words, the Lord calls things into being that were not in, in existence before then. Let me, let me read this in the New Living. He says, that's what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you a father of, the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Okay, go with me uh, to uh, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, this book of the law or the word of God, watch this, the word of God can be a word of vision that God's given to you as well. If God's written a vision in your heart and a place inside of a vision, like if you're planted inside of a ministry and he's given and he's planted you there, then he's given you a vision. That's the word of the Lord. And he says, this word, this law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, I should be speaking the vision 
He says, and you should meditate on it day and night. That word meditate means to mutter it, to mutter it. You know, so like for me, I ought to be saying, Lord, I believe that Boomerang Church is winning souls and making disciples around the world. I believe that we are living in abundance. I believe, Lord, that, that we are doing this for Jesus, winning souls, making disciples for Jesus everywhere we go. I believe that Boomerang Church is a house of love. I believe that Boomerang Church is a house of prayer all around the world, Lord. And I'm confessing that, that the people are blessed, that they are out of debt, that they have a big vision. They're advancing the kingdom of God, that the people in Boomerang are seeking God first, and God is giving, God is adding to them. They're seeking Him and His kingdom first and His righteousness, and God is adding to them all the time. He's miraculously healing them, delivering them. They are the protected of the Lord. And this is a lot of times, this is my prayer for people, that they are blessed, 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 of over and abundance. They're living in abundance in Jesus' name. So I'm not just praying for me, and I'm not just praying for for the ministry, I'm praying for the people. This is the vision. The vision is not an organization or a corporation. Vision is the people. Okay. All right. And I want to confess it. I want to mutter it day in and day out. I want to make sure that we are speaking it correctly. If you go over into Mark chapter 11 and verse 20 through 25, it says, Whoever believes in his heart and says, to the mountain, confesses. This is why we have the confessions every day on Lunch Plus. You know, Lord, I believe that Lunch Plus is touching thousands of homes every single day. That every single day, Lord, that Lunch Plus, and what's the word, is touching thousands of lives, Lord. Let it have an impact in Jesus' name. We're confessing these things. You know, we look at the seven confessions that we go through every week. They, they encompass a life full of the blessing of God. That's why we have those confessions. Amen. And the struggle is over. All right. The fifth thing, so we've got to be confessing. You know, define what your vision is. You know, even if it's a vision inside of a ministry and inside of another vision. You know, a lot of people, watch this. A lot of people are not blessed at work because they've not connected the blessing at work to the vision of the house of God. They've not connected their, their work to the kingdom. And the whole, all of our work, the whole reason we're here on the earth is to advance the kingdom. We can do everything else in heaven, but we need to win souls and make disciples here and now. That's what this age is for. And if we don't connect the pieces of our life to the kingdom vision, then those areas won't be as blessed as they can. And so when we start going into our job and say, Lord, I believe you for increase and promotion on this job because the more I'm blessed, the more I'm going to be a blessing in the vision of the kingdom. You know, now that we connect those things and confess those things, you can have that blessing in every area of life. But what's happened is most people pull their job vision outside of the kingdom vision, and that's not where the blessing is. Okay? They pull their fund vision or their retirement vision outside of the kingdom vision, not realizing that they're disconnecting from the blessed vision. They're disconnecting from the blessing. When we have our own individual uh, visions 
connected to a kingdom vision, now the blessing can flow to all the points of the garment. The, the anointing can flow and break the yoke of lack and break the yoke of bondage. God wants you blessed in your job so that you will be blessed for the kingdom. He wants you to take that blessing. He wants you to give more. He wants you to sow more. And then he's going to give you more than you can handle there. In other words, it's not that you're just getting it to give it away. It's getting it to sow it and bring the harvest in. But when, you, uh, when we have disconnected our, in, our individual uh, visions from the kingdom vision, there's no life flow. Okay? So one of the things that we need to do in our confessions is make sure that our confessions keep that connected. You know, if you want your house blessed, then your house needs to be connected to a kingdom vision. If you want your job or your business blessed, then your job or business needs to be connected to a kingdom vision. And it not only needs to be just a, a thought in your head, it needs to be a belief and a confession in your mouth. Lord, I want this blessed because I'm going to use it for the kingdom. Amen. Okay. Uh, man, that's good stuff. Can you see how many, many believers have missed it? Can you see where it's fallen off the track and they've not had the blessings and the manifestation in their vision because they've not connected it to the kingdom? Because the kingdom's where the blessing is, not outside. Many people, I, I see people working uh, for retirement homes and all this kind of stuff. God will give you all that stuff. All that stuff will be added to you. He'll give you every bit of it. <laughs> but they won't connect. They'll do that for their own vision and not for God's vision. And then what happens is they'll work hard all their life. They will have no eternal fruit and they'll never enjoy what they do have. They'll be, if they do have something, they'll be sorrow with it instead of the joy of the Lord and the peace of the Lord. Okay. All right, five, always stay open to instruction, correction, and redirection. When you're turning your vision into fruit, you have to believe to receive a big vision, do a walkabout and pray out the mysteries of that vision, stay in hunger and humility so the grace, the supernatural power and filling of the Lord can come to you. Confess that vision, stay open to instruction, correction, and redirection. Like with Abraham, Abraham needed to receive a new instruction to know fully what the vision encompassed. We must receive instruction. That means being in a place of fellowship where, and humility where when we hear an instruction, correction, or redirection, we are ready. We, it doesn't take us 10 years to get this down pat. No, we're ready right then. Okay? Uh, the, this, that's a huge point. We talked about it a little bit more yesterday. Uh, six, take obedient action in complete rest. Take obedient actions in complete rest. When God says to do something, if he doesn't tell you to do anything, you don't have to do anything, you know, except for what he's already told you to do. Stay in faith, stay in confession, stay in faith, hope, and love, pray, you know, be in fellowship. But then all of a sudden the Lord will say, go do this. Go do this now, okay? Anytime you receive instruction from the Lord, you need to know two things, what to do and when to do it. Many times people hear instructions of what, you know, or a vision, but they don't pray it out. They just think, they always think it's right now, right now, right now. It's not always right now. 
Uh, you know, Jesus said, uh, my time has not yet come. He knew what he was going to do, but he, there was a timing to it, and he knew that timing wasn't now. You must hear the what and you must hear the when. But when you've heard the what and the go now, the when is now, then take obedient action, but don't take action in toil. Take that action in faith with complete rest. In other words, you'll be able to work hard, but there won't be any weight on it. It'll be easy, joy, easy and light. Did you know that you can be in, in what some people call hard situations, but it's not hard for you? That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. I, I wrote this on this, obedient actions in complete rest. Take action. Take action on what he's told you to do. How can you take action if you're not open to instruction, correction, and redirection? If you're not hearing from him, you won't know what action to take. But when you hear from him by staying in fellowship, take action action obediently. And God is not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Amen. Don't get weary. The Lord spoke to me years ago. I'm looking for people who will do the right things for long periods of time. I'm looking for people who will do the right things for long periods of time. Obedient actions in complete rest without getting weary. Many people, they look at how small they think it is because they don't really have a big, they don't have a real vision of the vision that they're planted in. And so they think what they're doing is small. And so they'll look at the small, they'll get bummed by it, now they get weary, and then they'll literally disconnect themselves from the place of their life where life flow is, they disconnect themselves from the bigger vision because they've, they've been so focused on themselves, they don't see that they're a part of something bigger. Okay? Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get stagnant. Don't get stagnant. Go forward. Keep forward momentum. Keep forward momentum. No matter where you are, what it looks like, keep forward momentum. Keep forward momentum. Don't get stagnant. Produce fruit. You know, even if, like what we were talking about yesterday, even if you have, don't feel like you have a position, you're already called to a position. A believer operating in power, winning souls and making disciples, that's your position then. If you don't have a position, that's your position. And that's your position even after you get a position. Like, I don't all of a sudden get relieved from winning souls because I become a pastor. And well, you're winning souls on Sunday. Yeah, I know, but what about the rest of the days? So I'm just a soul winner on Sunday morning? No, I'm a soul winner 24-7. I'm leading people to the Lord all the time. You know, if I don't have it in me, how am I going to impart that to other people? You know, I don't get to just be a soul winner, you know, when I get together with church people. No, it's who I am. That's my position, and it stays my position all the time. So I can't, I've got to make sure that I don't get weary and I don't get stagnant and I keep going. Uh, verse 7, sorry, not verse 7, number 7. Go back, go back to Romans chapter 4. And... Uh, I, I, these, these verses are so good, I just want to read them all. 
let's go to Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 in the King James. And the point seven is, on your vision, be fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Get fully persuaded in your vision. Even if you're a part of a bigger vision, especially if you're a part of a bigger vision. What would happen if everybody in a, a bigger vision of a ministry was fully persuaded on their part of the vision? Oh, my goodness, what could we do? What could we do? Romans 8, uh, Romans 4, verse 18 through 22. Romans 4, 18 through 22 in the King James. Abraham, he first of all in verse 17 called those things which be not as though they were. In other words, even though they weren't there yet, he started speaking them. He started confessing them. He started, that's what God did when he created the earth. That's what Abraham did. That's what Joshua was told to do. That's what we are told to do, every believer in, in Mark chapter 11. Now, in verse 18, Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, who against hope believed in hope. In other words, Abraham looked around, and he looked at his position. He looked at what the vision was supposed to be, and he looked at what it looked like right now. And he was like, man, under worldly circumstances, there's no reason to have hope. <laughs> Underworldly, so he was against hope. In other words, he believed, let me read this to you, who against hope believed in hope. In other words, he looked at the worldly circumstances and went, there's nothing here physically or logically to be in hope over. But besides that, I will be in hope because of God. I will look at these and I recognize it looks like there's nothing hopeful. But because I'm connected to God, because I'm connected to a godly vision, because I have the Word of God, I will put hope on against what I see. And then it goes on, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which is spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. In other words, he looked at his own body, and, and looking at it, he could see, hey, this thing's dead. But he didn't consider that above the vision. He didn't consider that above the word, right? He says, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, his body's 100, Sarah's 90. Both of them can't have children logically or physically anymore. But instead of looking at that, he looked at the word of God. He, he didn't grow weak in faith because he looked at the Word. He looked at the vision. If you're going to bring a vision about, you can't look at your surroundings. You can't look at the wind and the waves. you got to look at the Word of God. you got to stand on the Word. you got to stand on that vision. Amen. And he didn't become weak in faith. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Listen, strong faith gives glory to God. Standing strong in faith gives glory to God. Staggering and becoming weak in faith does not give glory to God. But standing strong in faith gives glory to God. I watch people as they will find reasons to tell how bad their stuff is and how bad their situation is. What are they looking at? What are they looking at? I find that, you know, I watch people all the time. They'll complain about people. What are they looking at? What are they looking at? 
Are we looking at the vision and how God is always leading you to triumph? Are we looking at the person? Are we looking at the wind and the waves? Are we looking at the situation? We can't. And when we look at the, the situation or the bad things a person is doing, then we're, we're considering the wrong thing. We're not considering the word. We're not considering the promise. We're not considering the vision. We're considering the problem. We've got to consider the promise. Consider the word. Consider God who gives us that vision. Consider his vision that he's given to us. Stand strong because when we stand strong, it gives glory to God. Amen. And watch this. Uh, verse 21. And being fully persuaded that he had that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Lord, what you've told me you're going to do, I know you can do it. And listen, that wasn't just a, uh, you know, trying to get in faith statement. No, he was fully persuaded. He, he had to spend time on that word. He had to spend time on that promise. And you know what also the Lord told him to do? He said, call yourself a father. In other words, he went from the name Abram, to Abraham, which meant the father of many nations. That's what it was talking about in verse 17. So Abraham started calling himself a father, even though he didn't even have any kids. I'm a father of many nations. And as he confessed that thing, as something got inside of his heart, something started to produce. And all of a sudden, he kept meditating on the promise, meditating on the word, meditating on the vision that's about to come into fruit for you. He meditated on that vision, and all of a sudden, some, he got fully persuaded. Oh, it's coming. It's coming to pass in Jesus' name. It's happening. This vision is happening now. He got it. He got it. He got it inside him. He was fully persuaded. Step seven, be fully persuaded of the vision. Be fully persuaded of the vision. Step eight, avoid presump presumption even after you start. Now, why do I say that? Presumption is trying to put faith in something God has not said. Presumption is trying to put faith, but it'll never work. Faith is only faith when it's faith in God's word or faith in God's vision or faith in God's promise or faith in his character and nature. All those are basically the same. Faith is not faith unless it's a God-given vision. So see, you can have your own vision and try to put faith in it, but it's not faith if God didn't give you that vision. It's not faith. So I've watched, I mean, you know, think about this in terms of a church. So all of a sudden God tells you to start a church. And then the pastor starts, he's obedient to the vision, he becomes fully persuaded, he starts church, gets it up and going. But then all of a sudden, the pastor gets a vision of a big church on the highway, a big church on the highway. Right now he's downtown in the city reaching the people that are there. He gets the vision of a big church on the highway, but it didn't come from God. Now, although he started in the right vision, he's ending in presumption. And so step eight, to bring the vision of God into fruit, you must avoid presumption even after you start. Don't let vision come in that's not vision from God. Don't let vision come, come in that's not vision from God. Check it all and be willing to go back and check again. Be willing to do it. And let me tell you, in terms of Boomerang Church, 
I, I put Boomerang Church on the altar so many times, I don't even know how many times. But I can tell you specifically, uh, at least three or four times, I literally sat down in the presence of God and prayed to Him and said, Lord, I'll, I'll shut this down right now if you tell me to. I'm not, will, I'm not worried about putting the ministry or what I think is your vision on the altar. Because if it's your vision, it will withstand the fire of God and it will withstand the test of God. But if it's my vision, it'll, it'll uh, pass. It'll be, um, it'll be rendered as nothing, rendered as useless, and it'll be burnt up in the fire. It, I don't mind that. It'll be purified out, right? So, Lord, if this has got anything to do with my vision, kill it. Show me what to do. I'll close it down today. I did that many times. The Lord took me specifically to things that he said and showed me. He said, this is my vision. But I wasn't worried about putting it on the altar. You know what? I'm worried about telling the people that I made a mistake. My goodness, I made a bunch of mistakes. I've made tons of mistakes. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather admit a mistake and let my reputation lower than take people down a road of a presumptive vision. I'd rather make a mistake and tell people about it than take a whole congregation down the road that God didn't call them to and act like I'm their leader when he didn't call me to be their leader. So I was like, no, -uh, there's no way I'm taking this responsibility without knowing that it's you. And I believed it when we started that it was him. But man, there were some things it just felt challenging and it stretched out and didn't feel like it was working at times. And I was like, hey, if it's not working because I'm wrong, kill it, Lord. Tell me to kill it. I'll kill it. In other words, be willing to make sure that you're avoiding presumption. Take that vision. Put it on the altar of God. Let the fire of God burn all around it and through it if it can. And if, it, if you put it on the altar wholeheartedly unbiased, and all of a sudden it still stands, you know? And, and again, if you can have uh, people around you, <laughs> yeah, buddy, it's right. Presumption is bad. <laughs> it is bad. It's horrible. And uh, if, if that fire of God goes through and you can't kill that vision and you have leaders and elders that God has connected you to and they also believe that that vision is from God, then God will bring it to pass. He's bringing it to pass right now. But if you haven't challenged it, like I don't know if I want to put it on the altar because then I, if it's wrong, then I'll have to, uh, you know, I'll have to tell everybody I was wrong. Well, just man up and tell everybody you were wrong. It's okay. That's a lot better than getting to heaven and the Lord say, why did you lead these people when I never told you to? Can you imagine that day? Which will be worse? Don't, don't get in presumption. Challenge. I, I've challenged many pastors over the years. Did God actually call you to be a pastor? Are you sure? And most of them, most of them have answered pridefully. Oh, yeah, I know that I was called. And they are answering something that they got when they were the youngest in the Lord. And somebody probably told them. And, they, and instead of being willing to take it and put it on the altar and make doubly sure, triple sure, quadruple sure, you know, in, in, instead of doing that, they just want to stand in pride. No, 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 no. They don't want to say, I've wasted time. Well, listen, wasting a few years that's already passed is a lot better than wasting a destiny and wasting a vision that God wants you to have. Because if you're not in the right place, you're wasting your future vision. If you're not, put that in the comments. 
If you're not in the right, if I'm not in the right place, I'm wasting future vision. I'm wasting destiny. Whew. If I'm not in the right place, I'm wasting destiny. Wow. And the Lord's been handing out some statements this week. Number nine, bringing fruit from vision. The ninth point. This is a huge one, and it's not one your flesh is going to like. <laughs> when you have vision accomplished, be willing to hand it over. Part of what made Abraham the father of many nations, he could not have been the father of many nations without being willing to sacrifice Isaac. He never would have been the man if he wouldn't have been willing to sacrifice Isaac. His heart to sacrifice Isaac is actually what fulfilled the vision. Not the physical son, but the spiritual son. He sowed Isaac into the world so that he could be the spiritual father of many nations. And watch this. When he said many nations, he's talking about, he said, you're the father of many nations. He wasn't talking about physical nations. He's the father of a physical nation, the Jews. But when God said you're the father of many nations, he's talking about many different people groups, which could only come by faith in Jesus Christ. He couldn't be. See, Isaac turned him into the father of a nation. But many nations came by his faith in being willing to take the vision that he thought was the vision and sacrifice it. Many, many leaders won't pass the vision on and give the vision away. And because of that, they make themselves not a good leader for that vision. You've got to be willing to kill it. And I know that's not fun to hear. But it is a part of it. You've got to be willing to give it over and give it away. Here's why. Because anything you do in the kingdom is not really your kingdom. Anyway, it's God's. That heart will keep you in the right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me give you these last few things. Sight versus vision. Sight versus vision. As you get ready to write that, I'll go over the nine points of vision one more time. Nine steps to turn vision into fruit. Believe to receive a big vision. Do a walkabout. Pray out the mysteries of the vision. Stay hungry and humble to be filled with supernatural grace. Four, confess the vision. Five, stay open to hear instruction, correction, and redirection. Six, take obedient actions in complete rest. Seven, be fully persuaded of the vision. Eight, avoid presumption even after you start the vision. Nine, be willing to hand the vision over. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin's no wiki. <laughs> he said, I almost started a church in Vermont called Presumption Tabernacle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
funny. Hey, I've about done it too, bro. <laughs> You're not the only one. Praise God you didn't. Praise God you heard them and you were humble enough to hear not to. Amen. But you're in the right place now, and you're planted, and you're a part of a huge vision, even bigger than you know. All right, sight versus vision. Sight sees in the present. Vision sees in the future. These were given by Pastor J.B. Whitfield. Sight sees in the present. Vision sees in the future. Sight can see for miles. Vision can see for years. Sight can see for miles. Vision can see for years. Sight sees giants. Vision sees promise. Sight sees giants. Vision sees promise. Sight sees walls. Vision sees a walk at the walls of Jericho. Sight sees a wall to keep you out. Vision says, let's walk around this thing in the power of God. Oh, glory. Sight sees lions like Daniel. But Daniel with a vision sees a pillow. <laughs> Sight sees lion. Vision sees a pillow. Sight sees a red sea. Vision sees dry ground. Sight sees empty vessels. Vision sees vessels filled with oil. Sight sees vessels of water. Vision sees vessels of provision. Sight sees five loaves and two fish. Vision sees dinner for 15,000. <laughs> Sight sees a tomb. Vision sees a resurrection. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your vision. You're giving us a vision that goes beyond sight. Lord, I just ask right now that vision would take root in your people today. Everybody that's hearing this, Lord, raise them up to new vision, new vision, new vision, new vision in Jesus' name, new vision, big vision in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let it not stop at vision, but move on to fruit manifested in Jesus' name. Lord, strengthen your people to perform these nine steps so that you can perform what you promised. You are able and will perform what you promised. We are fully persuaded of it. Thank you, Lord, that you have people that are destined for big vision. Even inside of vision, they have a big vision. They have a big part, Lord. Lord, you have people that feel like they've been small, but they're not. They are a part of a big vision, worldwide, supernatural, eternal vision, Lord. They're a part of something huge. They're a part of something big. They're a part of something huge, Lord. They're a part of something big. They're a part of something huge. They're a part of something big. Lord, they're in your family. How can it be small? They're in your kingdom. How can it be little? Lord, thank you, Father, for it. Thank you for big impartation. Thank you for big partnership, for big vision, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing it to pass. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing it about. Lord, I call for big business vision. As people are attached to their business 
to the vision of the kingdom. Lord, I call for big business vision in Jesus' name. If you want to be a part of that blessing right now, then right now in your heart, attach your business, your physical business and job, attach it to kingdom vision in your heart right now. Just say it with me. Lord, I attach my finances. I attach my business. I attach my job and promotion and bonuses to kingdom vision. I attach my everything to kingdom vision. In Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, everything that's attached to kingdom vision, be blessed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you. Just thank them with me. Thank you, Father. Big things are turning right now for you. Big things are turning right now for you. You're receiving big things. Because, see, a vision received is a harvest received. A vision received is a harvest received. He said, if I give you that vision, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Write it and make it plain that you may run, for it will come to pass. In Habakkuk 2, verse 1, 2, and 3, it will come to pass. Lord, we receive big vision now. Lord, we see the vision of where we're connected. We see that our vision is not a small vision because we're connected to a kingdom vision. Thank you, Lord. It may look small to men, but it is not small in the kingdom. Thank you. We are connected to a big vision. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Right now, Lord, give your people big vision. Hallelujah. Amen. I can see it. Thank you, Lord. I see that. Right now, I want you to know. I see. see, this is a conversation, and this is a place of getting to where God can now give you a vision for an idea. He can give you a God idea, an insane idea, a business idea. I see them right now as people grab a hold of this message today. And, they, and the, one of the main things that we talked about was that you connect yourself to kingdom vision. See, that kingdom vision connection will release that, that vision for the business. And we'll release that, that vision for your home, for your family. Thank you, Father. Lord, we connect ourselves to kingdom vision. Lord, your kingdom is first. Seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and the right things to do and what righteousness makes us. Lord, we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And Lord, we receive all things added, all, all vision added, all finances added, all health added. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for adding to your people today. Lord, we connect to that kingdom vision. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for bringing it about now. The Lord's dropping things in people now. They may have words for it and sight for it, but he's dropping it supernaturally in you right now. Just receive it. Say, Lord, I thank you that I receive your supernatural impartation right now. Thank you. Lord, I just receive right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your kingdom vision. 
Thank you, Lord, for imparting into people right now. Lord, giving them those, those moments. Father, maybe they have the full interpretation of it. Maybe they can see it clearly. Maybe not. But right now it's being imparted. Thank you, Lord, for planting that seed of vision in them now. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You know, we've crossed, we've crossed over something. We, we've stepped in by following this increase in, this, in Lunch Plus and in What's the Word. By following it over the last couple of weeks, Today, we crossed over a threshold. We moved into a place where God can now impart something to you. And as you've been diligent, if you haven't heard all of these, go back and hear it so that you can get everything that God wants to put inside of you. But today, we've crossed over a threshold. We moved into the place where God can truly put some things inside of you. Uh, for your future, for your destiny. I can sense it in the Holy Ghost. Lord, we just received that right now. We thank you. Think about that now. Now think about it. Think about it. If God just gave you, let's just use finances for it. Thank you, Lord. If God just gave you the vision imparted inside of you, and he gave you the seed of that vision that will produce the rest of your destiny. And that destiny is more than you can ask or think. How much thankfulness should we have at this moment? Oh, glory to God. He just gave you your millionaire status, your billionaire status, and talking about finances. He just gave you vision for the kingdom. He, and as churches go, he just gave us buildings. He just gave us provision, houses, buildings, grounds to, to accomplish the kingdom so that we can have an eternal. He just gave you wisdom. He just gave you understanding and knowledge. He just gave you those things. Lord, we thank you. Just thank them right now. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We just receive, we believe, we have received what we need. We believe, we have received what we need right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We believe, we have received what we need. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for leading us down this path. You didn't have to do that, but you did. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not doing a big offering or anything like that, but if you want to give, they're going to put the stuff up on the line, Cash App, Facebook, wherever it is you want to give. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If you're wanting to partner with a big vision and with grace and for fertile ground, if that's what you're wanting to do, you're welcome to do that today. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for imparting great big things. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. We just receive. Lord, and we make this commitment. Make this commitment with me right now. Lord, I'm asking you for vision, and I believe that I have received by faith every vision that I need for my life. And Lord, as you give me that vision, then I am going to fulfill everything that you have for me. 
Thank you, Lord, for vision and the strength to fulfill it. I will put these nine steps into action to fulfill that vision and be diligent, not grow weary, not stagnate, but keep going forward and believing for more and more beyond all that I can ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. We love you so much. I'll see you next week. Here's Barrett. Watch some more. Hey, look, right now, go back. Watch the ones you missed this week. Here's Barrett. We love you. I'll see you next week.